gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hello guys, welcome back. This is CourtsayHeat, CourtsayHeat.com, and I am your host, Joshua Unix, and today we are back with another podcast episode. Brian Early on this Wednesday morning. When this tra- when this podcast episode releases, it will. And if you're in Arizona, it will be pretty cold out. Fifty five degrees. Yeah, that's cold. I will be staying inside for the time being until we get back up to the seventies. Not because I'm a Mary, but because Arizonians like I do not know how to react when it's below sixty. We've never experienced that before. For us, that is hypothermia. Don't believe us? Spend a few years here and you'll react the same way. We got huge announcements coming up. I don't know if you saw, but college basketball is back, which means courtside heat is branching further. They are building further. What do I mean by that? I will be writing college basketball, NCAA men's basketball articles now. I'll sometimes incorporate into the um into the podcast newsletters for sure. But today's the day, as I may mention yesterday, for a special article that we will be following, recapping, and just writing everything and doing everything for college basketball men's. This is men's college basketball. We may get in the women's t- um down the road but right now we're moving into a new category which will be college basketball NCAA we're going to cover every conference we're going to cover the whole like the entire thing like the entire complex of college basketball we were promoting the um Kentucky Wildcats game um against the Duke uh Duke Blue Devils I've not watched many college basketball games so please bear with me but this is the perfect time in coach uh, coach k's final season coaching uh duke it's going to be very interesting where they end up as they have a talented group that's not even a question that's that's just that's just a fact as they pulled off the win against kentucky Yesterday, I actually watched that game. It was pretty entertaining. I was putting together the college basketball page. I'll continue to put together the college basketball page as I'm trying to figure everything out because, of course, WordPress and other people I go through do not want to make it easy on me. But that's all right, as you can see everything. So if you still want to go to the college basketball page, you can. I posted a little flyer. About game night, basically just saying game night tonight, 9.30 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, um, Kentucky against Duke. So that's all good. That's all good in the neighborhood. We have many things to talk about today. 
that was the announcement. It's going to blow through social media. Still trying to figure out Snapchat. That's just going to come in some part of my life. Even if I can't figure it out right now, that's fine. I still got Twitter. Twitter's still a huge part. It may be um, non-useful in our areas, but when we need to communicate information, like basketball, that is just a huge part of Corte Heat. And it's beautiful for me right now, as you guys are absolutely loving it. Remember, guys, get in on the membership. Free bucks. Join it. Get all the exclusive perks. Get everything that will make you a legit expert just by reading this. We're not ripping you off. We're not doing what the other companies are doing. This is this is unique. This is original. This is designed for you guys. Get in on the action. Links will be in the show notes below on any podcast platform you're in. And also, do not forget the I Stand with Kyra Irving t-shirt, hoodie, men's, women's, unisex. We have it all. We do not care. We just want you to buy it because we want you, like I, like uh, uh, get the people at Courts of Heat and everywhere around the world, want to stand with Kyrie because he's fighting for something he believes in. And we should respect that and we should value that because when it comes to your medical privacy and when it comes to your basic rights, you should be valued and you should be able to speak them without negative repercussions either side that you are on we also have our and his canter support uh, hoodie for men and women unisex all of that we also have our christmas time apparel coming out because of course he knows that it goes beyond basketball and sports when wanting to have apparel for your children your grandparents your friends your family, whatever it is, girlfriend, boyfriend, um, your weird aunt that just showed up that you haven't seen in five years, right? We have it all. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to be creating new clothing, new apparel of every kind. Um, even, I don't know if teddy bears are going to come out. It just depends what spread shop keeps adding, but that's going to keep coming on to our store. I'm excited. I hope you guys are. And now, to continue this beautiful part of our podcast, let's bust out social media so we get to the meat of it, of this podcast episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Social media, you know where to find us, guys. We have been saying this for months, year, yeah, years now, probably a year now, because we just had our first year anniversary. A few months ago, which was pretty exciting. Same for social media or shops, but the finals on social media. You can go to facebook.com slash courtside heat, instagram.com slash courtside heat, the tumblr.com slash courtside heat, snapchat.com slash courtside heat. I think you can follow us on there. Or if that's, or twitter.com slash courtside heat, or if that's just too much to remember, that's fine. Just go to Courtside Heat on Google. You'll be able to find our stuff. Be able to. We are on the first page. Can't miss us. We have our Google My Business. So all of our information's there. All of our social media contacts are there. Our phone numbers there. Our emails there. 
hit us up, we're excited to start conversations, or if you have questions about Corte Heap or about our store. I actually had a guy not too long ask ask about the store, ask about products. Now, and um, as you guys would guess, the reason why I was asking me was for, I, I can't remember why I was answering, but I think it was something for like family, prices. He bought something. It was really cool. He bought a card. I can't remember what it was, but it was really cool. We get emails all the time. So just drop yours in. Or if you just want to type in Cortez Heat and go to Google My Business, you can message us right from Google if you feel comfortable with it. Or you call us. We have no problem taking your call as our business hours are there and they're probably going to get adjusted as where well, I'm just ready to go. As Veterans Day is Thursday, which is tomorrow. And we're just getting ready for the exciting wonders of basketball. We've been waiting for that moment all of our lives, right? I get it, people like football. I like football too, but again, when you're running a basketball company, guys out of basketball. But both sports are nice. But you know what? You know what else is nicer? Seeing the Bucks get a desperate win. Like, my goodness. Like, let's just stop and pause real quick. The Bucks, the reigning, defending, the undisputed champs of the world are 5-6. and six. And they got a much-needed win against the Philadelphia 76ers, who they were trailing without Ben Simmons and without Joel Embiid. That is insane. They were on a two-game losing streak who got their butts whooped by the Knicks and the um, Wizards. Oh, I'm sorry. And their Jazz. Because I noted on Monday's podcast before their 76ers matchup that they had more losses than wins in the past five games. That's insane. I get it, people are having a rough start, but you know what? One team's having a great start. We'll get to them at the end, but like the Bucks, they're having a rough start. The Bulls are having a phenomenal start. Nats are still holding on. The 76ers are doing amazing without the paperweight you know as Ben Simmons. The Heat are doing great. The Hornets are 5-7, and seven, but they're getting there. They lost in a really tough one to the Lakers about two days ago. So, it was tough. They lost by three points. They, they lost 126-123. They came back. They were down double digits late in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. They bowed back. They went to overtime, but they just could not secure it. The Lakers held on. Carmelo Anthony was on fire. He was not missing. As he was, he in 37 minutes, 29 points. Russell Westbrook got a triple double, 17, 14, and 12. Anthony Davis got a double double, 32 and 12. Um, no LeBron James, remember, he's having that abdominal strain like we knew coming into these games. But the game I want to talk about that's the recap. That's part of our game of the day recap edition. Would be what we talked about in the beginning. The most desperate win ever in 
the Milwaukee Bucks season so far, and maybe even last season, if we're going to turn our attention to last season, would be Bucks against 76ers. They won by nine points. It could have been Philadelphia. Philadelphia actually had the shot to win it. They just got gassed. Um, let me say this. Uh, Tyrese Maxey had a 31-point game. He was 31-5-4. Um, Shake Milton had a 26-4 game. Andre Drummond was huge. 20 rebounds and 17 points. I, I told you guys, get Andre Drummond. I have Andre Drummond. And if you play fantasy, you know what I'm talking about. Had 51 points. Not even kidding. That's how powerful he is. That's how dominant he is. We can argue Mobamba and Andre Drummond all day when it comes to uh, fantasy points. But uh, Drummond's not only been making impact for his team, for his fans, but also for his fantasy basketball owners and for the people that enjoy fantasy basketball like I. I still encourage you guys while it's young into the season to sign up for fantasy basketball. It's really cool. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm undefeated. I hope I'm undefeated since I talk a great deal about my basketball knowledge. But getting back to the game of the day, um, recapping that, the Bucks held on. The Bucks were able to secure something. If not, they were going to drop to their third game losing streak. They were going to continue that losing streak, but they snapped it. Giannis had a double-double, 31-16. Grayson Allen has been a monster, 25 points. This this person right here, this player, he is just electrifyingly awesome. The best thing for him to do was getting out of that cesspool you call Memphis. No one cares about them. And if it wasn't for John Morant, no one would be talking about them. But... Grace now has been pulling up 15.5 points per game, 45% from the field, 4 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. Those are incredible numbers. Huge spikes from the beginning of his career to this season, or even looking at his past season. He has had a huge, huge, huge difference, a huge increase. It's truly incredible. I, I think he's pulling up like a season high, 25 points. I think it's high for this season, it's 25 points. I think it came in this game. He was 8 of 13, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. He did what he had to do in 33 minutes. You saw Bobby Portis put up a double-double in 35 minutes. Uh, George Hill, 8 points. Drew Holiday, 8, 7, and 6. What more can you ask for him? Sure, you would like him to be a little more productive on the scoring end, but when he's, not, when he's getting you... Seven rebounds and six assists. I think like his field percentage of this game go still a huge factor. Pat Connington, okay, but they held on. Giannis was too much to deal with in the fourth. That's how the 76ers crumbled. And without the wingspan of in the height of Joel Embiid or and I hate to say this Ben Simmons, it makes it tough. But they're able to hold on. And also, might I add, there was no Tobias Harris. So for this team to pull together and just work their butts off, it was huge. 
So I applauded them. They had three key players missing, but they kept it within nine points. They actually won. They actually won 50% of the quarters. If they could have just won the fourth, that would have sealed the deal for the 76ers to win to get their ninth victory on the season. But that have to wait until tomorrow, Thursday, November 11th, against the Raptors at home. And now conclude their home stretch. They began on well, um, on the eighth their home stretch, and they're going to conclude it on the eleventh. But instead of me just telling you guys about this, about how electrifying it was, how cool it was, why don't why don't you guys just listen to the highlights? I'll be back in a few seconds. But these highlights are sick, so I'll catch you in a few seconds. Shot 65% in the first quarter. They're 3 of 15 in the second quarter. Loop it in. Mismatch. Drummond spins. Follows at home. Andre Drummond. Throws there by the finals MVP. And Niang is in. Maxi swatted by Adetokounmpo. Do not go in there. Swing it. Maxi 340 to play in the third. Maxi cans it. From long range, Tyrese Maxey is savvy. To the corner, Allen can't hit the three. Adetokounmpo offensive rebound. Bullet feed to the other side. Bobby Portis, splash! Can never go wrong with good highlights. You just never can. I love highlights more than anything. I hate watching games sometimes because I just want to see the good highlights. It what makes games fun. You don't want to watch all the cruddiness, all the like bad games and bad bad game moments. That's why YouTube TV smart and they're like, here are the key moments of the game to get caught back up, so you don't have to watch any of the crud being put on your TV. Right? They're just they're smart because they don't want to see like, oh, bad passes. Oh, can't box out to save their life. What happened to fundamentals? I'm not trying to be, what would you call it, like a fundamentalist? I have no idea. But I'm not trying to be like a basic person here. Going back to the early ages of basketball, I just know it wins. And let me say real quick before we continue. College basketball. I watched that entire Duke game. Kentucky and Duke played more defense, more good solid defense than what the NBA could ever dream of of this league, of this new era, of playing new defense. I told my dad, I've saw more defense in the first seven minutes of that game than I have in the entire quarter of watching the Blazers game. I'll make the exception to the rule of the Lakers when they beat the Lakers. They played solid defense in a second. I'm just saying, on their good days, they don't play good defense. On their bad days, they don't play good defense. They have a great offense. They know how to do that well. Defense is not their specialty. And that goes for all of college. College loves defense. NBA loves the highlights. They love what was like they like the free point shots. They like the dunks. Right? That's why people like Dominique Wilkins. That's why they like Jordan. That's why they like LeBron. That's why they like Kobe. Kobe, had, they all had exceptional defense, but they were there for the highlights. And I talked to people about this before on the podcast. 
I'm like the biggest, excuse me, the biggest thing that's lacking in the NBA is defense. Because it, it's not this beautiful, satisfying thing. It's not. But it gets the job done. A steal, which leads to a fast break or to a new offensive possession, is huge in the eyes of a um, of a franchise. In their in, as in the eyes of that player, those teammates, the head coach, entire coaching staff, right? So even though it ain't this beautiful thing, it still is important. But with all that being said, highlights are an amazing thing to see or amazing thing to watch. Now, you know a one highlight you never want to watch? Is Nikhil Jokic. Now, I'm not talking about his play. His play is darn good, and man, he deserved that MVP. I advocated for him and Joel Embiid. I saw it was gonna be tough, but he almost ran with that. He almost ran away with it unanimously. He almost did. Now, that's not me talking, talk, talking just to talk. No, he had some huge seasons. He had some huge breakout seasons. Like his passing was elite. You want to talk about in NBA history, his passing skills and the way he gets to the basket will be in the Hall of Fame. It will be. His passing skills are elite. You wouldn't sing for Jokic. You would sing that from a little ball, but not Jokic, right? There is a difference in how we perceive it, but the job gets done both ends, and Jokic is still getting that ball in. He's doing it in a flashy manner, too. Might I add. But you know. Jokic to me is a good player. But he's sometimes a bad sport. Then maybe this one wasn't really caused. But he let anger get the most of him. We saw that against the Phoenix Suns in the postseason. He punched. Uh, who was it? Cameron Payne in the face. He took an unnecessary cheap shot. When trying to steal the ball from a little guy. I'm comparing him in height. I'm not calling Payne a little guy. I'm just saying. When you're looking at the height and weight difference. There's a difference when a center. Comes at you. When you're a point guard. There's a difference. That was a cheap shot. You let Anger take him over. Now. Marquise Morris probably deserved it. And that's what I'm going to get to in a second. But. He let Anger get over him. And Marquise Morris of the Miami Heat is not an innocent man. The Morris brothers are two dirty, loudmouth players who love to play mind games, who loves to bring out the intensity, who probably love to fight. But there's no one more annoying than Patrick Beverly in a respected and good way, right? Like, those guys are good defensively, but man, can it get on your nerves. And it proved for the kill Jokic. I don't know if you guys saw the play. He just pushed him right from behind. He did. And now the kill Jokic is suspended one game after unnecessary shoving from behind to Marquise Morris. That banged him up. Now also Marquise Morris is being fined fifty thousand dollars for a flagrant two foul that caused the altercation. There was no altercation. It was over by Jokic. Could have been more confrontational. He should could have. 
Should he? I don't know. I don't like when fights break out, but that's not an altercation. It's not like they both stare each other down. They got into a fist fight. It's not. It's not like the Meta World Peace situation, like the Ron Artest situation. He'll fight. Rodman will fight. What I'm meaning is here. What I'm saying is here is this. Giannis did a cheap shot because he got angry. Morris got into his head, and Morris paid for it, but it was a cheap shot. Should the cheap shot have been done? No, but should Morris have ran his body into him during a, uh, during the Nuggets possession? No, not really. It's not you weren't playing contested defense. You were playing shove me defense. And what I mean by shove me defense is that he legit ran right in. Hit he ran the side of his body right into uh, Jokic's side just to create a collision. And it was while Jokic was coming up court. I don't think everything should happen, but Jokic got angry because of what Marquise Morris did. And respectfully so, but it was a cheap shot. I think we can all agree about that. I don't know if it's just me. But when, I, when we were just talking about highlights, Jokic to me has great highlights. But some of the highlights I remember, it's not because I'm just a Phoenix Suns fan. It's him taking cheap shots and running his mouth. Now, is that a part of the game? Sure. Running your mouth can and trying to intensify the moment or the game or just a certain situation involving a player or two. I don't think we need to be getting in a brawl, but if it happens, it happens. I've called out referees that have gone back that had security over for nothing, right? That's not an altercation. Like we've lost the sense of what an altercation really means. It's not like they're punching each other in the head or trying to choke each other out. That wasn't it. But I'm not trying to justify this. It was a cheap shot. It wasn't an altercation. But it just depends how you classify everything. It's not justifiable on either end. However, Jokic, Morris completed. Morris accomplished what he set out to do. And what he wanted to do was get in the head of Jokic. Nikola Jokic, uh, Denver Nuggets star, uh, reigning MVP, got angry. And took out his frustration physically. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to talk. He wanted to do this physically. And I'm not going to say I applaud the man, but all I'm going to say is that I respect the fact that he wasn't going to step down to that or let the refs take care of it. Should have been a blindside shot. No. If you're going to do something physically, it can't be a cheap shot. It just looks worse on you. And that's why it came. Morris ran his body into him. But then he showed him that. He didn't move down. He did Giannis didn't fall. He but he pushed him from behind. Jokic pushed Morris from behind. And that caused Morris to be shooken up. I don't know. Is it just me? Because if it is, I'll stop. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm just reading this the wrong way, but I don't know. Either way, it's not justifiable on either end.
I say Morris was trying to get into the head of Jokic, and Jokic just got frustrated and just wanted to start uh, the confrontational shoving. And then Jimmy Butler got involved. I have no idea what he was screaming, but it looked like he was coming to the aid of his teammate while being restrained by NBA referees. And I will show you the clip, but gotta remember, this is over audio. This isn't over um, video. We're able to directly see this. I'm going to put this on social media because I think this is important. But I, what I can say is this isn't like the time Ron Artest legitimately beat up everyone and got both sides uh, into a huge fight. I believe that's when he was with the Pacers. I like your song about that. But it was there. So it wasn't like one or test level fight. And it's also like not one of those stupid stare downs. Like, do you understand where I'm coming from? No idea if I'm talking to circles or not. But that's where we'll be at. Jokic got suspended game. That should happen. I'm going to look it up. But Jokic was suspended game. And then. You'll uh, then $50,000 were deducted from Markeith Morris. Okay, real quick Pacer Nuggets are today, 7 p.m. Arizona time. Jokic will not play that game. And you know what? It's just against the Pacers. All due respect to them, it's not against the Hawks that take place Friday, it's not the, it's not the Mavericks on Monday. Bulls on Friday, Suns on Sunday. No, not at all. It's actually complete opposite. The Nuggets are an interesting team. I know I'm switching gears real quick, but the Nuggets are the Nuggets. They're in the 12th during they're in the 12th seed of the Western Conference, Eastern Conference. Right? The four and seven. They're not bad, but they're not good. They're winning games, but the most impressive one was the Knicks that they beat. That was a very sloppy game for the Knicks, but I applaud the Pacers. But you should be able to beat the Spurs. You should be able to beat the Kings. You should be able to beat, I don't know, Like when I'm looking at this, you beat the Heat. Okay. Then you lose many more games to like the Brooklyn Nets and to the Bucks. All I'm saying is this. The Pacers are good, but not good enough to be a legit threat to the Nuggets, who has considerably considerably more weapons and opportunities at their disposal. That's just a fact. Whether we want to agree upon that notion or not, that's up to you, but I'm just telling you what's fact. It's just crazy that it could not have worked out better for the Nuggets as you have home court advantage. Sure, it's going to stink not having Jokic, but at least it's not against the Hawks. Still got Aaron Gordon, right? Still got all these guys. You still got Will Barn. You still got these big men. Michael, I don't, Michael Porter Jr. is not even been there because 
of his sensitive back issues. So you also got to play that into a factor. Who knows what's going to be like. By the time these people are done getting injured and things are being accounted for, this could be even a matchup or a slow in the favor of um, the Pacers, Indiana, Indiana Pacers. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I would actually find that normal, right? Speaking about things that may be normal, weird, who knows? Isaiah Thomas. Heard of him? Not Isaiah Thomas with the Detroit Pistons. No, 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 no. We're not talking about the bad boys here because everyone remembers them, especially in the Last Dance documentary. He was also in there, giving his commentary to uh, Michael Jordan his Bulls. No, this is Isaiah Thomas, who once played for the Celtics, mainly, and all of these different teams. He said, in a quote about his NBA comeback, that he, he had an opportunity with one NBA team, but then it got canceled. Then it just went away. Then worked out. Could have been with the Lakers when Rondo came back. Who knows? I detailed that before. He was supposed to have one with the Warriors. Is his comeback probable? I put out. Who would get an NBA contract first? Landry Ball or, um, or Isaiah Thomas? Funny thing is, one side to G League, one still free agent of either league. It's concerning on some levels that no one's picking him up. Maybe they're just not ready to invest their time and energy back into him. I don't know. But what's the reality of Isaiah Thomas? I've talked about this for months. I've advocated for him to come back. But I don't know. Will he be able to bring productivity and efficiency to his new team, if there is a new team? Who would even want to be able to sign him? Who would want to take that chance to give a one the roster spots? We know what he can do. We've seen his levels of productivity in the NBA before, his intensity, his will to play, his will to try in every conceivable way in pro-aim leagues, in maybe scrimmage games in the NBA, right? But now we're just getting somewhere to say, you know what? This ain't working. I don't know what more to do. Because he's in his 30s. I don't know how old he is. Let me look that up. But we just have to conserve him. So what's the reality of his comeback? His comeback, he's been trying forever. I respect it. But then we have to weigh in the probability and chance of him actually getting signed. The 32-year-old is trying. He hasn't played. Since 2019. Or if you want to count the free games. He played for the Pelicans in 2020. It's tough. He's played for a lot of teams. He played for the Kings. The Suns. The Celtics. The um, Cavaliers. The Lakers. The Nuggets. The Wizards. And then lastly the Pelicans for free games. He's only played one healthy season at 82 games 2015. He was close to that number in 2012 with 79 and then 2016 with 76. After that, 
He has not played anything well close to that since 2019 at 40 games. His field goal percentage have went down considerably. His productivity has gone fallen down, and that that's still with him averaging 28 minutes per game. Let's just say that. So 2017 and on, it didn't work out. It just didn't work out. The Van team that he was on, 2017 and beyond, because he played 15 games for the Cavs, they got traded to the Lake Show. 15 on with the Cavs, 17 on with the Lakers. That was all. Then the rest was history. Then he went to Denver. That didn't work out. Then he went to Washington. That didn't work out. Now he, now he was with the Pelicans. Evidently that didn't work out. This professional basketball player right here is having a much harder time trying to sign with someone. He was he was closer after a workout to sign with a franchise, but it didn't work. I didn't catch the franchise name, but maybe I missed it. I didn't see any gave one. But it's interesting when we look at this. Is he or is he not able to put on a franchise? Is he worthy? Can he put on a franchise? Because teams are seeing him in workouts. They're reviewing tape. They're seeing the 82-point games he's dropping. The 50-plus games he's dropping. 20-plus games he's dropping. But is he good enough to play in the NBA game? Because there's a difference between prime leagues and the NBA. The intensity, the will to play, the will to win, the will to do anything. Like, the whole dynamics. Everything changes. The way we think about defense, the way we read offenses, the way we read opponent's defense, offense, try to break them down, try to score, fast breaks, try to fill the gaps. Like, I'm, I don't know, fundamentals, the complex things. Like, who knows where he's at mentally and physically? I think he wants to play. He keeps on trying. I say give the man a shot. But to give the man a shot, it must be with a compatible suitor. It must make sense. I don't want him to go, uh, let's just say, the Warriors. And it doesn't make sense. It has to make sense. If that means he's got to go play with the Pistons, then maybe so be it. But I don't even know why you would take the Pistons. Because no one cares about the Pistons. Say Cunningham, the former first overall pick. This past year's NBA draft. No one cares about why. It's with Detroit. It's going to be one heck of a basketball player. Who knows? Hopefully. But he can't gain publicity time due to him being in Detroit. Everything in Detroit crumbles like sand. They're like a burning fire in a forest where nobody knows that they're slowly dying. That that poor little tree is slowly dying and there's no one there to save it. That is fact. And that was one good analogy I used. Man, I'm smart. But, <laughs> but you guys get where I'm coming from. 
So what's the probability? Where can he sign that would make sense? I don't see Milwaukee would be a good fit. I don't know where. I would have to actually sit down and think about this logically. Could he work with the Heat? Get him another playmaker? Who knows? Would he want to reunite with the Wizards? Maybe. But they're actually 7 and 3, so why would they want to change now? Cavaliers? Make a quick reunion? I don't know. It just all depends. Do, does the team want another veteran? Do they want another veteran? Who knows? But that's going to be up the side up to you guys. Again, text us at Courtside Heat's text line, which is 602-791-2108. Reach out to us. Reach out to me personally. My phone number's plastered everywhere. I don't know why these prosperity scammers are not trying to hit me up more. Legit, I get phone numbers. I get scam calls every single day. I ain't even kidding you about people that do I press one, press one, press one about like about some stupid message that someone's actually watching me that I don't have financial security. Like, what kind of fake ideology are you following? Like, it's funny. They're trying to convince you that. And then it's the best when the scammers are like, your car warranty is expired. Well, good. Um, I don't have a car warranty. So, if there's another Joshua Unix, pick up the phone to him. But then again, another Joshua Unix did get arrested. Who knows if that was him. Either way, it's crazy. I don't know how I got there, but yeah, text me. I love to hear you guys' feedback. I love to hear what you guys have to sing about Isaiah Thomas because this is something that's just so critically important. I'm not even exaggerating that. A man's career is on the line. And I'm like so heartbroken right now. I'm still working on the Phoenix Suns book. It's been taking a while, trust me. Writing a book is tough. And then I'm also trying to get out the, um, the documentary I was talking about. But I was working on it Friday night and Saturday morning. Whoop, here comes my medical emergency. whoop de doo da But everything's supposed to run on pace. So I was going to say, I'll just do an Isaiah Thomas uh, documentary. People want the 60th pick documentary. You know what? If no one else wants to give this man a documentary, I'll be happy to make this man a documentary. I'll promote it everywhere. I'll sub some ads for it. I'll even tag him in it. I'll make it. I'll scrap the other documentary because who knows how you guys reacted to it. I'll probably make that one. I'll probably make that one because I'll seem more interesting. Because I want this man to get another shot. But you know what? Shots come in, shots comes and goes. That's just how it works. You either have it or you don't. This is make this is either keep it or lose it. Either you have it or you don't. Kevin Durant may be the walk. Maybe a walking, humiliating fool now. 
He may be a clown. This may be clown town. This show may be running in um, New York for who knows how long. Colin Cowherd. He was on her and whatnot. He said it was a poor choice for him to leave the Warriors to go play for James Harden and Kyrie Irving. James Harden's deteriorating, and Kyrie Irving's unpredictable. Those are my words. That's what he was saying, too. You don't give up a prime opportunity. You win a championship. You're on a championship championship contender team. You're going to tell me your beef with that team, I think it was with Draymond Green, was going to ruin your opportunity to win a few more championships. Imagine if you had Kevin Durant on that team. Maybe you want to have had, it would have been different on if you would have drafted James Wiseman or not. But imagine if you could have gone Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, or Mel Ball, or whatever those things would have been. But imagine having Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, to this day, if it worked out. I bet you anything, they could have still won championships. I bet you they would have been in better contention when injuries arose and COVID was spiking high last season. I bet you anything that Kevin Durant's talents would be put to better use. But why not? It's due to the fact he was convinced by Kyrie to go play in Brooklyn. They were in the pubs last season. But just because you were in the postseason last season, you passed up opportunities to win more championships. You passed up opportunities for not hypothetical NBA um, NBA Finals for Kevin Durant, but probable and most likely NBA Finals. The Warriors could have used you. You left because you had beef, and you saw it was time to go on. But this experiment in Brooklyn has been failing everyone. And Kevin Durant's talents are not being utilized properly. The 33-year-old is going to be running out of time soon. It just is. He played three years for Golden State. He didn't play in 2019 due to, uh, I believe it was like a ruptured kill. He's still like that, both season ending. He couldn't play. Still rehabbing. But from 2020 to 2021, has been an abject failure. It just has. It just has. But you play for with the team from 2016 to 2018. I want to check out how many rings Kevin Durant has. I just want to see the last time they won a ring. 2018. They won back-to-back 2017-2018. That ended the feud. With the Cleveland Cavaliers. But he left them? I don't care what beef you had. You left a primed opportunity. To go play for Brooklyn. Steve Nash's team. I'll take Steve Kerr over Steve Nash. Whether you like these two men or not. 
Doesn't matter. I take Steve Kerr over Steve Nash. No offense to Nash, but I take Kerr. Kerr's one heck of a basketball coach, and he was a good basketball player back in his days. Just saying, you don't make mistakes like that. You don't make mistakes like that. You went the fool's direction. A smart man would have stayed. A fool would have went like you. Kerr sure is hindsight now, but still, imagine what you could have done. First season in Golden State, with the Golden State Warriors. That was just starting to get a feel for his team. 2017 wins a championship. You're like, oh yeah, we're rocking with this man now. Rocking with this with this quadruple team, with this um with this dynamic sharpshooter team. You're rocking with this dream team. You just are. 2018 you won our championship, but then you leave. For what? Getting more points? Boosting up your stats? Like rebounds and assists too? And percentages from the field? I don't know. Should Kyrie should Kevin Durant have left the Warriors? No. He was an idiot for leaving the Warriors. I don't care how many people get offended by what I just said. He was an idiot for leaving. You do not pass up prime opportunities such as that. And since you did, this is now costing you more. You could have won two of the three more championships. You could have just won one more champion. You could have been a triple-time champion. Could have been a quadruple-time champion. You could have made that team better. You could have made the Warriors better. Who knows how many rings Curry could have had, Thompson could have had. But imagine when uh, Thompson was down, then you get KD. Still KD. It would have been perfect. Just saying. Curry has free rings. Imagine what could be done after 2018. It's crazy. It's free rings. You could have more. Could have more. Oh, real quick, guys, I'm going to look up Clay Thompson rings. He also is free. It's right because they've been teammates for their entire career. Or almost. It's crazy. You don't pass up prime opportunities. You are going to get heckled and booed and just nagged on and just beaten alive by screaming at all those um, just talking heads from the media. But you could have won our championship. You could have added to your collection. That speaks more. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That is just insane when we are talking about that. In the grand schemes of things, you failed more than anything. You just did. You had a primed opportunity. I don't know how many times I have to 
say that before it starts clicking. He had a prime opportunity, and he failed to recognize recognize that. They would have paid him. They knew they had a dream team, that they had a starting five that was going to kick butt, and that was going to kick the crud out of everyone. That is what they had. Make no mistake about that. You don't win back-to-back championships, and you're like, I'll go play for Brooklyn because it's Steve Nash. And this unpredictable Kyrie Irving led me there. You're an idiot. I'm just saying he's an idiot. You don't do that when you're winning back-to-back rings and you decide to leave. Put your beef aside. Put your difficulties and challenges aside. You had an opportunity. But, of course, all opportunities had to fail. That does not work. It just doesn't. And the more stories, you don't fail like that. He failed. I want everyone to know that. Last one, our breaking news thing before we get to the topic of the day. This is the top news of the week, and we're going to be wrapping up with Colin Sexton. Man! Messing up my fantasy leagues. How dare you! Like, how unselfish could you be to suffer an entry that you can't even control? Some maniac you are. You're trying to kill everyone's dreams. Kill everyone's fantasy dreams. How dare you. Uh, Colin Sexton. It's going to be out for who know how long. But his left knee could be dead. No exaggeration. No exaggeration whatsoever. As Colin Sexton has suffered a meniscus tear in his left knee. This will be catastrophic. This will be over the overly top horrific for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who've actually been playing well. He will be in sign definitely because of meniscus tear in his left knee. His knee injury came as reported in the game against the New York Knicks where the Cavaliers actually beat the Knicks in that game. I believe that was the case. The Cavaliers record right now is 7-4. As many people did not predict a great start for their season. Well, while the team did not say anything initially about the surgery, it's understandable and predictable that we will be waiting on and more tests will be done to see how many weeks he will actually be out for. Now, his as everyone knows, Sexton's recovery time will be determined by the severity of this injury. If it isn't bad, then shorter the outage. However, and flipping that notion, longer would be worse by a large amount. Like we, like we said in the article, we'll keep you guys updated whenever we get a status update. We just will. But until then, we are covered in the dark until the light can be shone us and when more testing can be done. But the obvious is 
he has meniscus tear. And how long do meniscus tears take in the left knee depends on um depends on its severity. I'm actually looking this up right now to see how long is a meniscus tear for meniscus tears. Oh, recoveries will take about six to eight weeks if your meniscus tear is treated conservatively. And this is without surgery. So, I'm no doctor. I just read the average. How long does it take to recover from meniscus tear? I looked up on Google. This is not a certified timeline. Again, I looked this up on Google. Please. So, don't be freaking out everywhere when you hear six to eight weeks. But that's six to eight weeks without surgery. If your plan is conservative, no surgery involved, okay, six to eight weeks. And that's where I was viewing him too. I wouldn't see him back in the next week. But he actually has some really good fancy just talking about it. Just talking about fancy. Man, oh man, oh man. Like, ah, uh, I'm not cutting him. Come on, I need to put him. I drafted him 52nd. Really? Really? I just want to say this is the perfect example of affliction by teammate. He bumped knees with teammate Jared Allen in the second quarter as he was diagnosed with a meniscus tear. All by bumping knees. So this guard is just killing us. And while he wasn't averaging the greatest points, he was still getting good, good. He was averaging between 17 to 20 points per game. That is legit solid in fantasy terms. Please, please come back. Well, if not, we'll just have to play without you. And of course, I'm losing right now. I know I won Tuesday's daily total by one, but oh, this just stinkerooskies. Okay, someone's got to go on IR. But that is where we'll be out calling Sexton. I won't speculate on this. I won't speculate on this. I won't speculate on this any more than what I've already done, right? Because I don't want to make false act, false claims. Don't want to do that. But I gave you what Google said. I am now a Google doctor. For everyone during the COVID-19 pandemic that continued their doctor, their nurse careers, their nursing school, their doctor school, their medical degrees, and they got they graduated from that during COVID, after it, and you're a certified online doctor. I am now where you are because we have all have Google, and I would never trust you with an online exam, examination of my body or what's wrong with me. But just imagine being a certified doctor through COVID. You get certified. You graduated. You've just learned how to be a doctor online. That should be a crime and a sin to humanity. But it still stands to test of time that you could become anything online. As I've just became a medical doctor from Google. Where was where I'll just quote the article that I took it from. Health Healthline.com. That's where I took it from. December 21st, 2020. There you go, people. I am now a doctor. But 
You know what you can't teach and what you can't tell people who refuse to listen? The Cavaliers. That's my topic of the day. I've said in the post, in the off-season, in our off-season recaps, reporting from the off-season live, when the Cavaliers were making all these different moves that people were not talking about, no one from ESPN, no one from Yahoo Sports, no one know where none of these experts were talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Why? Because they didn't find them significant. Now, look who's right. No one listened, but I did, and I told you guys about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I told you that they're going to be a huge, huge threat if everything goes well. Pen on paper. Sure, Colin Sexton. It's going to be a huge blow to that organization. But this team right now is 7-4. No one could have predicted that in their first 11 games. They have a winning record, my ad. That is legit huge news, but no one wanted to listen. Everyone's like, Trey Con Sexton, let's go get Jalen Green. Right, we were all arguing we should trade Colin Sexton. The Cleveland Cowboys are still not on the Colin Sexton. That's fine. But I told you guys, do not trade Colin Sexton. Keep him. He's going to do wonderful things. This team's going to do wonderful things. Why do you think they got rid of Delhi? Why do you think they got rid of all these bums who can't even clean toilets correctly? Why do you think that they brought veterans like Ricky Rubio to help? They wanted to help Darius Garland, their point guard. It's held considerably and tremendously on and off the court. Same with Colin Sexton. To the injury. They're seven and four. Lori Marketing was good. Kevin Love, he's not bad. I still want him out of there, but he's playing a role. I told you guys about this. I told you guys. I wasn't kidding. They got Jared Allen all locked up. They went after Taco Fall for death at the center position. City Osmond's there for death. Dean Wade is there for death. Denzel Valentine's there for death. Like they got okay, they got an okay bench. You got Evan Mobley, my goodness, who can't be having a better start to his career than what he's having. People are hesitant about it. I wasn't. I was a huge advocate. I was a huge advocate. He's averaging career high numbers. Mobley's. Ooh, ooh, excuse me, sorry. In 11 games, 34 minutes, 15 points per game on average, 52% from the field, 8 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. That's what he's on average per game. That's insane. He's coming off of a 26-point game. Just imagine what he's going to be like next year or down the road of this season. I told you guys what was going to happen. That they were going to have a good start to the season. I told you. I told you don't underestimate them. I told you don't do it. Because why? Even though they weren't making these huge jaw-dropping moves, they were getting efficiency done. They were getting 
reliable players done. They were getting unreliable players out of there, kicking them to the curb. That is huge. I can't express that anymore. The severity of this is huge. The importance of it is huge. And it should not be underestimated. It should not be undermined. I'm not going to say this any more than what I've already done in the offseason. And now, they are a contending fifth-seater. They have tying records with the Nets and Knicks. And better than the Bucks, Hornets, and Celtics. And the Hawks. The Hawks are 4-8. That's where many people thought the Cavaliers were going to start off with. The Bucks are 5-6. That's where many people saw the Cavaliers. However, things change. And they're changing. They're a half game away from first. Or, with the Heat, Bulls, and Wizards being tied, one for free could be theirs. One of those. Just saying. I'm just saying, in the Eastern Conference, Cavaliers are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They've gone off to a solid, solid start. They've been teams that are good. Most notably, the Knicks. Let's not forget that. You beat the Knicks. They are on a four-game winning streak since losing to the Lakers and the Suns back-to-back. Back to back. But they've been the Clippers who's been off. They've been the Hawks who've been off. They've been the Nuggets. That means something. That just does. Without a shout down my mind. They beat the Hornets. They beat the Hornets. There's a reason why everybody's liking this team. Then there's a really good reason. I'm just saying, that's just incredible when considering everything. It's incredible when looking at the trajectory of this team from last season's beginnings to this season's beginnings. And I get it's only 11 games. I get it, anything can happen. But they're still fighting. And it, it'll, we'll see what happens without calling Sexton for maybe 6 to 8 weeks, maybe less, maybe more, maybe somewhere around that time period. We don't know what the talent's going to be, but they have the depth. They have the resources. They have the players. They can do this. And here are their upcoming games. They have the home stretch of the Wizards today at 5 p.m. And then the Pistons. They're going to beat the Pistons. I will guarantee you that. Then they're going to have back-to-back games Saturday to Monday against the Celtics. And then they're going to go on the road. Against the Nets. That's going to be tricky. And then here comes a tough stretch. At home. From November 18th. To November 27th. Are you ready? Warriors, Nets, Suns, Magic. Magic may be easier to beat. But the Suns are going to put up one heck of a fight. So with the Nets. So with the Warriors. And you better believe it. You best believe it my friend. They're going to have tough, tough schedules. But if you're telling me they can be around 500 
or above 500, that is exceptionally huge and remarkably powerful. It just is. And I'm not only doing I'm not just doing this to use every adjective I know. I'm not doing that. I'm being serious here. And as we're about to wrap up today's podcast episode, let me lead you let me leave you with this. The Cavaliers are good without Colin Sexton. With or without Colin Sexton are good. It just depends how they adapt. It just depends how they strategize. It just depends how the road game, how the road games are going, their home games are going, their long stretches. From the 18th to 27th, it's going to be a tough period in those 45 games. But Sexton should be good to go when it's over. Who knows? But you have Lauren Marketing. You have Kevin Love to a certain point. You have Evan Mobley. You have Darius Garland. You have Ricky Ruby. You have all these guys. Then you have depth. And if you have to pick someone up, like maybe say Isaiah Thomas or whomever that may be available, DeMarcus Cousins, whoever you want to pick up, are still available. Go ahead. Go ahead. Very crazy stuff. Very, very crazy stuff. And might I add that this that the 76ers were thinking about trading for Colin Sexton. That Colin Sexton was in the loop by the Cleveland Cavaliers to trade for Ben Simmons. That's just crazy. That's crazy in my mind. But just imagine. Just playing really well. Okay, so the Cavaliers are playing really well. I can't stress that to you guys anymore. But real quick, what do you guys hope to see? Do you guys think the Cleveland Cavaliers can pull through without Sexton? Tell us what you guys think by texting us at the courtside heat. Uh, text line 602-791-2108. We love you guys' feedback. We love to hear what you guys think. Start a conversation. As I'm ready to see what these Cavs team, what these Cavs rosters can do. They're good. They're going to get better. They're going to adapt. With or without Sexton. This comes to a test now. Now they're going to be put to a test. But I believe they could pass that test of flying colors. And guys, that is all I have for you guys today. Real quick, one game I want to leave you with. The top game to watch out for would be Bucks Knicks. The rematch I've all been waiting for. The Knicks came back from being taken down in the first half. Will look to be over in the first quarter. But then came back in the second half of one at Milwaukee's home turf, uh, Milwaukee's home court. Now we'll have a chance to do it again to Milwaukee in New York in Madison Square Garden. It is going to be something really, really interesting to watch. I might tune into that game. Just depends. It's going to be at 5.30 Arizona time, 7.30 East Standard Time. Watch it, or if you're on California time, it will be at 4.30. Watch it. I think it's going to be a really good game. That's the game to look out for. I'm going to be rooting on my Phoenix Suns. We're going to be at home. Heat Lakers going to be good. That's looking at the NBA Finals that happened during the NBA bubble. That's going to be good. Just watch out for those games. The 
the top one to watch is going to be the rematch within a week. Not even a week because their game took place on Friday. But Bucks, Knicks, do it right now. Watch it. Schedule it. Get uh, get yourself ready. Get your fantasy lineups ready because it's going to be amazing. Again, guys, uh, check out our spread shop, t- uh, our spread shop store, the Style and Swag Shop on CourtsyHeat.com. Or just uh, uh, can't speak today. Or search us on Courtney on Google. You'll be able to find it there. Um, again, join the membership. Exclusive perks, exclusive bonuses geared towards the fans. All for you guys, benefiting you guys and becoming the experts you were destined to be. And that other companies won't make you. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast episode. I'll see you here again um, Friday morning. Yeah, Friday. Um, sorry. I'll see you guys here Thursday morning as this was our Wednesday um, podcast episode, 8 a.m. This is when it's going to be released. Our next podcast episode will be releasing Thursday, 8 a.m. So do not miss that. That is going to be really, really exciting. As we're just going to see what's going to happen. As I'm excited. We'll recap the game. We'll recap the game that was most entertaining of today's of today's matchups. But yeah, without further ado, let's have the outro music take us out now. I'll see you guys Thursday morning. And without further ado, let's get this show on the road. And let's have the outro music hit now.